When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hashtag no music, no intro. The work edition version of the hashtag Thanks Twitter podcast coming at you. Uh, we have a very special guest who's joining us. Uh, both Ryan and I are still right now at our jobs. We're, I'm in a conference room taking a break from saving kids' lives. Ryan is taking a break from whatever Ryan does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have... We have Thor, uh, and I want to make sure I, I, I have it correctly. Is it Nystrom or Nostrum? Nystrom. Nystrom, like straight from, from Asgard uh, joining us. He is the senior content creator um, at NBC Edge. He's over college, college football. He's over the draft. And I, I'll, I'll say this to start. I thought I had it bad with my, my, my name being Adam West and everything and all the jokes I get in regards to that. Um, you seem to lean into it, into your name actually being Thor. I'm sure we could, we could tell stories about the things we hear about our names, but I appreciate the fact that you lean into it. I, I do not because everyone says something about it once a day. If I say my last name, it becomes a whole deal. But I do appreciate you leaning into it and, and having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly helps me out on Twitter. And I, I love whenever they do a new Thor movie, not not only because I, I just appreciate, you know, I, I like going to the movie, but mostly because it provides me with new gifts on Twitter. I, I use <laughs> I use those Thor gifts so dang much, like I, I actually need new ones in the catalog. So I'm pumped we're getting a new Thor movie soon. <laughs> there you and go. He, and he has some of the best best gifts. <laughs> Especially <laughs> interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we'll jump right into it. Um, the draft came and passed. It was a huge thing. Um, it was the first draft that Ryan and I went to the senior bowl this year, or yeah, this this year. Um, we went to the action against Vegas and had a, a live stream for the draft. Just off the bat, I know round one is kind of where everyone starts and the things training up to 11, drafting Chris Olave at 19. They, they drafted Trevor Penning off of the tackle. What were your, your thoughts in terms of just how they, how they made out in round one? I thought they made out like bandits. I, I thought they did really good. You know, I, Chris Olave didn't get some of the love that some of those other guys in the top four did during the pre-draft process, but he did for me. I, I love that kid. I had him wide receiver two on my board. I actually had him, I think, the exact same spot overall that the Saints ended up taking him. I think he was 11th on my board. Uh, but, but I love that. And, and, you know, not just the prospect, but also reading the room correctly, you know, reading the situation that you're in correctly. We, we saw some teams that did not do that in both regards, but the teams that, that needed the wide receivers, prioritize the wide receivers, 
and and had done their homework, understood, but we knew going in that there was going to be that wide receiver run. It had been, been heavily reported whether it was going to be four of the top 11 or four of the top 13, you know, whatever people were reporting heading in. It turns out it was six of the first 18. And so for, for the Saints being aggressive to, to be able to go up and get one of the guys that was solidly inside that top four, I, I thought that was great because you missed out on those guys, you know, sort of like it, it had hit midnight for Cinderella. Then then you got to do what the Titans did and, and, and hope on a prayer with Traylon Burks that, mm-hmm. that the rest of his skill set, you can develop it. Or, you know, the Packers, like, you know, with the subdivision guy, Watson, who I, I like his tool set, but the Saints got one of the four sure things in, in this receiver class, no doubt about it. And then as far as Trevor Penning to the Saints, that I, I talked about this in the pre-draft process for about a month heading in. That was one of my favorite team and prospect marriages of the mm. entire entire board. And so I was just tickled pink that it actually happened. Um, my, my friend Mike Farrell, you know, about a month ago, I was doing a podcast with him and he said, he, he was the one that turned me on to this thing initially because he said, he said, Penning is Kyle Turley 2.0. He's just a bigger mm. version. And once it was in my head, I was like, oh my God, it is. And then but when you, I, can't, you can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. And then like, you know, so then I went back and I looked at both their Razzes and it, they tested very similarly as well. Again, it's just Penning is in the, the bigger package, but very similar strengths, very similar weaknesses. Again, it's just Penning's, Penning's the bigger dude, but I, I, I like that pick as well. And that was before the offensive tackles, you know, fell off, right? Because after him, then you, you, you jump down to Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith probably can't play tackle right away in, in the league. I like his developmental traits, but you're probably going to have to start him at guard and then, you know, you know, build him up or whatever. And then maybe in 2023, 2024, whereas Penning was the last sort of sure thing tackle. So in, in both regards, they got the guys from the, the top tiers. They used, you know, their equity correctly. Yeah, and and you know, uh, I, I like what you said. I don't know if you if you you guys started that or you started the whole Kyle Turley two point thing, but I have seen that in a lot of places. So <laughs> I hope that's true because he was Kyle Turley was a trip um, and a good player. Um, so I mean, then you get to the second round in the Saints. Uh, me and Adam, we already did a podcast earlier this week about uh, Alante Taylor. How we kind of felt it was was it was you know kind of a reach. At that point, even though, you know, measurably and if you look at the at the uh, parameters, the Saints like the aim, aim for as far as measurables and, uh, you know, the RAS score and all that stuff, he fits what they look for. Uh, did you have any grade on him or was he somebody that you didn't you, you probably missed <laughs> in your draft study? No, I, I had a grade on him. I had him. Um... 111th overall. So I, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit lower with him. He, he's, he's a tough eval because the people that were higher on him, I, I think they're projecting him probably as a boundary corner. And certainly the, the athletic profile that you guys talked about, you can sort of dream on him there, but he, you know, he, he's either, you can look at him two ways, super versatile or sort of a tweener. You're sort of trying to figure out, is he the cornerback? Is he the safety? Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, it, the, the one thing he did to rise during the pre-draft process, it was turn in that athletic composite that he did. He's, he's a really well-built kid. The fact he tested that way across the board, 4.36 speed, 97 percentile, both the, the, the splits, 10-yard and 20, they were 92nd percentile or above. He had that awesome broad jump as well. And then, he, you know, six foot, 200 pounds, basically, 199. So, I mean, testing the 90th percentile overall, you, again, you're, you're going to have to figure out, is that kid a corner? Is that kid a safety 
Um, and then you're just going to have to push his development that way. But I, I think he's got the skill set, at least athletically, where you can justify trying him at either one. That's, that's well said. I think the well, I think while Ryan and I was annoyed with the pick is the Saints tend to have like this motto or MO where they'll give you like the Saints fans, we as fans have been wanting a right receiver in the first round for, for years and it finally happened. But then we were like, well, you had Trey McBride there. You, you could have added another weapon if you're going to go all in with Jameis. And then to, for it to be like a defensive player that for most people around didn't have like a high second round grade on them. And, you know, in terms of the same step chart, like he is cornerback number five right now. Like he, it's going to be very difficult for him to get on the field unless he's just a special team ace. And that was every, every, the first thing that everyone kind of brought up when, when talking about him. Um, but I wanted just to make a segue and get back to Penny. He, I just could seen like the whole draft process. He just became a very polarizing prospect. You know, people were bringing up the 16 holding penalties, you know, some of the footage and, you know, what were just your, your thoughts in terms of Penny as, as a player? Cause I know he came across very polarizing to, to draft Twitter and, and draft Nick. Yeah, he, he was definitely impressive down in Mobile at the senior ball. I mean, you could tell, you know, as far as being a big kid, how well he moved around, you already knew, you know, the, sort of apocryphal stories about him in the weight room at Northern Iowa. And there, there was also so Bruce Feldman had the funniest quotes about him and his freak list, you know, things from before, because they were saying like, you know, you put him up on par with that kid that, that the bills had drafted the year before athletically, maybe even a little bit better. We'll see. But then they were also saying that the coaching staff was afraid to look him in the eye. You know, like <laughs> you got these like hilarious little anecdotes about like what a scary human being that, that Penning is. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, that, but, you know, th- th- that being said on the one side, the, the other part of his profile that concerns you, it's what you're mentioning. It's, it's the 16 holding calls. It's the idea of putting him out on the boundary in the NFL, you know, presumably starting him at right tackle, whatever. And then, you know, if, can you work on the base, you know, and his balance issues or whatever, can you teach him to not start getting grabby when he starts losing a rep? Cause he gets frustrated real easy. You know, that's one of the other similarities with him and Turley and like, mm-hmm. he'll either get, he'll either get pissed or also grab a kid. If he's starting to lose a rep or whatever, he got to knock that stuff off you know, especially as a rookie ain't going to be getting any respect in the NFL. The refs are going to be watching for that stuff. They know he's a super penalized player too. So he, he's really going to have to work on that stuff, but you have all the, the tools there. So, you know, with him, I ended up putting him 22nd on my board because I had to ding him for some of this stuff. But I know as far as being a, a run game mauler, he's one of the best in this class, maybe, you know, the best in this class. You know, he, he's absolutely devastating in that area of the game. That My two concerns for him, it's pass blocking, you know, on again, on the perimeter at the NFL level. We'll see about the balance, the base stuff, and then the, the penalties, not grabbing when you start losing a rep. Hey, thoughts kind of sticking with the offensive line. Um, one of the kind of hate to call it, but like a whipping boy for me and Adam and kind of all the Saints <laughs> with it has been uh Caesar Ruiz, Saints uh left uh right guard. Uh what were your thoughts? Do you remember your thoughts on him when he was coming out um coming out of Michigan? And uh did, did you see do you know like, do you do you watch much of the NFL, and do you keep track of the offensive lines during the uh, during the season? I, I do a bit. I definitely don't follow it nearly as closely as college football because I, you know, that's just what I covered during the fall. But um, yeah. I, I I did grade him. I was looking up my because he was in the class of twenty twenty, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so hold on. I, I can actually tell you guys. Oh, oops. Let's, let's see if I can pull it up. I If memory serves, I had them like low 30s to mid 30s overall, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, I just wanted to ask you because we, we, we've been uh, just dealing with him for a while because, he's you know, they, they drafted him in the first round and he's a center. You know, they we had a center already in Eric McCoy, so they moved Ruiz to right guard. And it's uh it's been pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's pretty he's, bad. He's been one of the worst starting guards in the NFL. Like it's, it's and I say I say that with no hyperbole. Okay, so I I, I found it. I ranked him 39th in that class. Mm. And that was as a center, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. He went 24-ish, something around there, maybe a little lower than that. Yeah. Um the Something that's always becomes a thing for the Saints and Saints fans is the UD um, undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. Uh, things like the Saints have potentially maybe gotten some good ones. Uh, they, they got Smoke Monday. Um, one of the probably I'm the most excited about because I just feel like running back is one of the more underrated needs for the teams. And, you know, they're bringing in Sonia Michelle next week for a visit. It is Abram Smith, the running back from Baylor. Uh, any any undrafted free agents that the Saints were able to to sign after the draft that, that caught your eye that you think may be able to stick? So I I actually like Abram Smith. I'll I'll talk to you guys about him in a second. But I I did I had to tell you just a funny anecdote about about Smoke Monday. So I you know I do the five hundred player comps on my big board. You know everyone gets a comp or whatever. And uh, Smoke Monday I had comped him to Barry Church. Well mm. one of the one of the readers took a screenshot and he said. Uh, Church Sunday, Smoke Monday. <laughs> Can't even laugh that loud. I'm in this office. <laughs> I like that one. Oh man, I I was dying when I saw it. I didn't even thought that that was so funny. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Barry, that Barry Church cop isn't bad. Now that I think about it, I, I forgot about him. He's a player. Yeah, he can play for sure. Yeah, and as as far as Abraham Smith, um, there's reasons I think to be bullish about him. I, I was a little bit surprised that that he didn't end up getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing I, like for for me, he he's a big one cut back. It's it's he he's not going to make you miss in the open field, but mm-hmm. he does make good reads. He's patient behind the line, and he makes those clean, crisp one cuts. It's it's the reason why Brian Robinson got picked in the third round, right? It's the same thing. It's it's the one cut thing. Um, you know, in a wide zone scheme system or whatever. And he did that great last year. Like Abraham Smith earlier in his career had been a linebacker at Baylor. They, you know, they, they switched him back and forth and then he ends up his last year. He he's the running back. He was the bell cow for that team. I mean, that he was their offense. And then when, when teams would start stacking the box against him to try to take it away, that's when they would throw it over the top to Tyquan Thornton. It's one of the reasons Tyquan Thornton went in the second round. Um, but yeah, I mean, Abram Smith was very, very productive. And I, I think there's aspects of his game, certainly that translate to the NFL. He also gives effort as a pass blocker right now. They haven't used him much as a receiver. So I'm not really sure what you're going to get out of him, in, you know, in that regard, but at least as, as far as the guy that, that can, that can make the right reads behind the line, he's not going to push the tempo too much. You know, he's going to stay with the tempo of his blockers and then the one cut thing into the hole and then break a tackle or two, that, that sort of thing. He ain't going to outrun anyone past that. But, but I think he's a guy that could hang around, you know, uh, you know, as an RB3 and then maybe RB2, you know, down the line a little bit. Um, One thing I, I just kind of wanted to kind of segue away, how did you get started with uh, 
sports agent. Were you with them before when it was when it was Roto World or like how did how did you get to that point? Yeah, so I I've been I've been with them now for like oh man like twelve years or something like a super long time. Yeah, um, you know I went to undergrad at, at the University of Kansas and then coming out I, I had an internship with MLB.com. And when that internship got done, I was covering the, the Minnesota Twins. Um, and when that got done, uh, uh, Roto World, you know, what, what is now NBC Sports Edge, but Roto World at the time, they, they were looking for part-time baseball writers. And I'd gotten sort of lucky because one of the guys that, that was one of their baseball writers, he was a Minnesota Twins blogger as well in, in the area. And so he had a bunch of exposure to my, my stuff that past year because I was, you know, putting the stuff up for the Twins on MLB.com. Uh, and so that, you know, that's how I ended up getting the job with them to start the, on the baseball side. And I did that job through grad school. I even, I, I taught in China for a year at Chongqing University coming out of grad school. Oh, wow. I was still, wow. I was, I was still working at Roto World there. Um, I, I would do the West Coast baseball games, the night games that no one wanted to do during the week because <laughs> the clock was flipped. You know, like sometimes you wouldn't get off that shift till like 2 a.m. Central, you know, when I used to do it back home or in grad school or whatever. But like in China, that was, you know, 2 p.m. or whatever, you know, so like the, the, the games would be getting done at noon. And that was like, you know, my, my classes were all wrapped up for the day by then. So then I could just go back to the apartment and like, you know, whip up the game blurbs or whatever. And it was it was good. And then I got I got back to the States and they were looking to build up uh, the NFL draft and college football section. They only had one guy working on it before that. So they asked me if I wanted to do that. And I definitely did, because that that's my number one passion. Like baseball was always a secondary one for me. But, you know, I, I played football is the sport that I played the longest. You know, I, I played it up till my senior year of high school. The only reason I quit was because I got an offer from the local newspaper, the sports section to like write agate and write like little stories at night. And I was already the editor in chief of my high school newspaper. So I had to hang up the cleats at that point. I didn't, I didn't think I had a NFL future as a 180 pound starting center. So <laughs> that, you know, that, that, that was sort of the path that I took. No, I think, I mean, I'm glad that Ryan asked that because I like hearing like origin stories for, for people in, in the industry, um, you know, doing their passion and uh, I, yeah. I at one point envisioned that so for me, and then I fell into my job being a social worker and, and loved it. And, and so everything I do, football related, football related podcasting, it's all um, kind of like a side thing that I, I still greatly enjoy. But like hearing people's passion and, and how they got to be in the position that they are, it's, it's always great to hear. And our, and our listeners, you know, just grind. I mean, that's that's what that's that's really what it is. I, mean, I think we can be honest and say, you know, just really truly grinding and, and making sure that you're putting your, your work and yourself out there that maybe someone catch you know, it catches someone's eye and you never know what door that could open. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, you know, it's something I always wanted to do and I, you know, there's a lot of people that want to do it. And so, yeah, you know, you know, what you got to work other folks, you know, it's, it's the same in any industry, but you, you, I'll put it this way. You really got to, you really got to like doing this because like, you know, some of the stuff is like out there and it's like um, maybe a little bit more glamorous. I don't know if any part of my job is glamorous, but like there's aspects of it that are way more so, but then there's also like, you know, the night after night after night, like when you're up in, in March, like you're going, you know, from when you go up, when, when you wake up to when you go to sleep, cause you're getting ready for the, the draft stuff and you're, you know, making comps and you're watching the film and like, stuff that you do sort of in the shadows that definitely is not nearly as glamorous. And sometimes it's like, 
you know, you, you want to, you know, you know, so you, you have to, you have to have the, the whole thing where you just truly love it. But I, I actually do. So I'm, I am the sicko that will do it. And I love doing it. So do you, do you still do the blurbs or do you have other people that do that? I still do them. Yeah. You know, I, I, we did the, um, um, was fortunate enough to, to be part of the NFL draft blurb uh, project again, you know, where we, we pre-write them all. And then, uh, yeah, during the week, we all sort of pitch in um, to, you know, the news ticker, you know, I'm, my sections, the uh, college football and NFL draft one. Um, but then we collab with the NFL on, on the NFL draft blurbs. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Because I see your stuff like on, looks like it gets on uh, you, uh, Yahoo, uh, Yahoo Sports. And so it gets spread around pretty well. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll definitely take it. Someone was asking me before, like, you know, like being on Twitter and stuff. The only reason I'm on Twitter is just to try to introduce more people to my work. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, the, the more people that, you know, can see it and stuff like that. And I, I hope they like it. But, you know, that's the goal. Um, I, have, I have two quick ones for you. Um, just wrapping up. One player that is the things drafted that I'm super intrigued about is Air, uh, Air Force's defensive tackle, um, Jordan Jackson. However, in a true Saints pick fashion, there are no cut-ups of this player at all on YouTube. Like I, like there, there's like nothing. Like there's few highlights. So I was just wondering, were you able to watch him at all? It just sounds like he's potentially like a developmental, late round penetrating defensive defensive tackle, which they absolutely need. Um, but I was wondering if you were able to to see him and and have any thoughts of him him on him at all. Yeah, no, I I, I have seen Jordan Jackson. Um, you know, I, during the fall, you know, like like you say, covering college football first, I I got to watch plenty of Air Force football this past fall, the fall before, you know, every fall. Fortunately enough for me, my uh, one of my colleagues, Zach Kruger, shout out to him. He's obsessed with the Air Force team, so. This past season, I, you know, even more so, I was engaged with like what what Air Force had going on. Um, I, I actually also got to to be around Jordan Jackson just a little bit at the combine, um, ask him a couple of questions, stuff like that. Um, you know what he brings you. It's is you know I was looking what he so six four and a half, uh, two ninety four. He's a little bit on the smallest side if you're thinking about him as as a three technique guy, but I don't know. I was surprised that he, let me put it this way. I was surprised he tested as well as he did. He put, you know, he put forth the full athletic composite. He tested in the 91st percentile. Um, I, I liked him coming forward as a North South guy. You know, like I, I thought he had a quick first step Thought he got on top of offensive linemen really quickly. I, you know, I saw the explosion and, and the first step stuff. So the, the fact that he had the good split, you know, the splits he did well, the, the jumps were pretty good. He had the 89th percentile on the 76th. What surprised me was his agility scores because I did not see a guy, you know, like in short quarters that, that was making people miss as much. Um, and, and he ends up putting up a 94 percentile shuttle, 90, almost 98 percentile three cone. That oh. sort, that's sort of eye-opening stuff. Um, that's when he became draftable. He's a tremendous kid, great work ethic, you know, and, and he has enough of an NFL body. We'll, we'll see if he can add a little bit of, a, of weight, but he didn't lock himself into the draft until, in my opinion, those agility scores. So then it becomes like, does he need to be taught more of the moves on the field to maximize that agility? Like, why wasn't that coming across in college? Because I think if we'd seen this athlete playing and play out, like all this stuff, playing when you're a 91st percentile 
NFL athlete playing in the Mountain West, you would have liked to see just a bit more disruption. So I, right. I saw a little bit more stiffness in, in the lower half. But again, some of this stuff might be adding pass rushing moves to his, his repertoire and then also teaching him, um, you know, about the counter moves, how to how to set up pro offensive linemen, sort of like a baseball pitcher. You know, there's a reason that you want to have four pitches instead of two. You keep them off the one or whatever you sequence them. Um, I think the coaching like that is going to help him a lot in that regard, too, potentially. You go ahead, Adam. Okay, sorry. I thought I thought you got you got a follow up. Um, I wanted to. My last one is getting in regards to speaking about quickly about two things. I guess the Vikings. You know, we're a Saints podcast, but we also like you know just the NFL in general. Um, you being in Minnesota, I know you're a Vikes fan. The Saints and the Vikings obviously have history. I'm actually going to go see the Saints and Vikings play in in London this season, which I'm very excited about. Um, I know I saw on your, your Twitter page, you kind of already discussed the Vikings choosing to trade down to 32, drafting Lewis Dean over Kyle Hamilton. Um, and then, by, you know, one of the many teams that bypassed Malik Willis multiple times. Just what are your over, overall thoughts on the Vikings as a franchise um, and, and how their draft played out? Um, I was OK with it. You know, the the initial he had sort of a, a sticker shock sort of a thing with their first trade because usually you don't see a team trade down 20 spots in the first round with a division rival and then not win the trade on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart, like and actually lose it. Um, so that, that was a surprise. Certainly like by most of the trade charts, the fair thing would have been 12 for 32 and 34. But, you know, one point I was trying to make to folks was, you know, like you heard in the, the lead up to the draft, and I think was repeated during the draft, this draft was a bit lighter in terms of the sure thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talent and firepower, top 10, top 15. I think the NFL understood that those picks were a little bit, uh, you know, cheaper than, you know, qualitatively than than in normal years for the Jimmy Johnson. So you, you sort of deflate uh, their value a little bit. And then, you know, we had heard that you know, in, in large part because of the way of COVID eligibility by the, the waiver year in 2020 by the NCAA, where last year's class was a third the, the usual size in Declarees. This class was bigger, and then next year's class is going to be bigger as well. Um, so that made, you know, rounds two, three, four, five, six, even seven. And I also think the UDFAs, this, this, this crop, probably going to be better than the last few that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think what the Vikings were doing there, it was – they were sort of baking that into those charts of like the 12th pick is not as valuable as usual. Whereas the 32nd, and the 34th, they're more valuable than usual. And I think in some ways, uh, Kwesi was vindicated on that front because then, you know, another sort of shocking trade with the division rival, the Packers ended up making that move up to get Christian Watson. And there were some, pe- there's some people in town here that are ticked off that the Vikings you know, not only facilitated Jamison Williams to the Lions, you're going to have to play him twice, you're going for it, but then also Watson to the Packers. But the, the Packers, they gave you two second-round picks in that deal, and that that allowed the Vikings to do other stuff. They ended up getting Andrew Booth, you know, with one of – I think they traded back up. And then they were they were doing other stuff with the other picks, like trading up and down. But I think overall the, the value was more or less there on the trades when you when you aggregated them out. Um, I like the first two picks. I love Louis Seen. Like that, that kid yeah. grew on me the more and more Love. and more I watch him. Love. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, you know, again, it, it's something where it grows on you because 
initially, if, if you just get a little bit of exposure to him here and there, if you catch him on the wrong play or if you catch him in the, the wrong sequence, you can, you can get a misconception in your, your head about him. But the more you watch and the more you start to get it last year, he was the, you know, if you, you go by PFF, the war that they have this stat, you know, the wins above replacement, yeah. the most valuable player on the best defense that I've seen in college football over the last decade, Georgia's last year, it was Louis seen. It, mm. it, it, it was, it was not the kid that went for, it was not Trayvon Walker. It was not Jordan Davis. It's not Wyatt. You know, it's not Clay Walker. It, it, it was Louis seen. And, and for me, what he is, you, you get all the prototypical free safety stuff. Like he's so good coming forward, whether, you know, whether it's, it, it's against the run, happy to fill there. He basically acts as a fourth linebacker in that phase. And then he can crash down on the catch point from anywhere. You know, he has a lot of range, but the other thing with him, so you have the free safety stuff, but then he has like just embedded into him naturally is this throwback 1970 strong safety like yes 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 i'm bringing i'm bringing the hammer over the middle and you will hear my footsteps coming from a mile away he is coming to take people's heads off over the middle he's not just trying to jar the ball off he's trying to jar people's heads off of their necks like he doesn't care that the kyle pitts hit was one of the scariest hits i've seen in college football like the last five years but there's more of them than that yes there are he took away Brian Robinson's will to live pretty early in that game because a couple of times he just came, you know, screeching downhill like a bat out of hell and then hit that guy. It was like a hot, you know, it was like a, sort of like a semi hitting something, yeah. but like he was going so fast downhill. Brian Robinson was like, like in a cartoon where you see like his whole body quiver for a second, you know, his feet stopping, his body quiver, and then he just sort of falls backwards like a heavyweight that had gotten knocked out. And then, you know, you again, both with the receivers and the tight ends, not want, you know, hearing him crashing downhill because it's a real thing, but also running backs. They do not want to see that guy in the open field. So he's a guy, even in the NFL, they are going to be aware where Luis Cena is on the field at all times. No, I I always have a soft soft spot for guys like that. They play like that, even though they're kind of getting, uh, you know, kind of phased out out a little bit as far as the rules and everything. Um, One last one. What is your favorite Saints versus Vikings game because there have been a couple good ones over the past <laughs> oh, well, the, the, the minneapolis miracle for sure <laughs> of, of, course. <laughs> of, course. of course i'll tell you what my least favorite one was oh i'm sure i know what it is but <laughs> which one uh the the, the far bounty game one yeah <laughs> that was hey. that was not a fun game it was uh, – I said the ending was fun for us. But, yeah. <laughs> the whole game itself, the experience of watching that game was a uh, – was, oh, my God. Like, that to, was – To this day, that is the most emotionally invested draining game I've watched. Like, the Super Bowl wasn't even as bad as that game was to me. It just wasn't. Like, that game, no. it was, my nerves were just 100% just bad and shot completely. Yeah, I, I know whenever the Vikings play the Saints, like, in a big game, like, it's like, prepare your body for war kind of a thing. <laughs> They're always instant classics, you know, and then you come out and you're like, yeah, you realize you've drained, like, a half a tag of beer and <laughs> you're not right for days, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> um, hopefully, you know, they have another classic in, in London um, overseas when they when they play um, in London. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much, Thor. We we truly appreciate you coming on. Please, please follow Thor's work on Twitter. It's at Thor KU. Thor, like the Marvel MCU superhero, KU. You can also catch his work um, at NBC Sports Edge. He's their senior content 
creator there. Uh, you could just follow, I, I would just say, just follow um, NBC Sports Edge. Great information in terms of college football um, during the draft. Just a great, great resource. Thanks so much for making this happen, Thor. I really appreciate it. We try to make this happen last draft season. It, it didn't work out, but I'm glad we were able to finally speak to you and, and cut up with you about this recent Saints draft. So thank you so much for coming on. It's truly been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, boys. Good talking to you. Thanks, Thor. Thank you. And with that, we're out. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.